1: Hello and welcome to Biz Today. I'm Zhao Yang in Beijing. Coming up, we will have half an hour of business news and analysis. Our stories include China unveils policy package to stabilize the economy and where will the inflation in U.S. and Europe go. And now let's begin with our top story. China's State Council has unveiled a series of detailed measures to stabilize the economy. In total, 33 measures have been rolled out, covering multiple areas, including fiscal and monetary policy, promoting investment and consumption, food and energy security, and protecting livelihoods. China's top economic planner says the country will make every effort to promote the implementation of those 33 measures in order to support the economy. And meanwhile, a official data shows that China's Purchasing Manager's Index for the manufacturing sector came in at 49.6 in May. So for more on this, join us on the line now are Dr. Qü Qiang, Assistant Director of International Monetary Institute at Renmin University and also Aina Tengen, Senior Fellow at the Taihe Institute. So first, if we break down China's manufacturing PMI, we see both the production and new order sub index jumping over 5% points in May. So tell us what have spurred this rebound in factory
2: activity? Well I think most of the reason is uh, we've been seeing some uh, good sign uh, of controlling the uh, pandemic. everybody knows that in the first uh, on first of the June, uh, Shanghai just uh, went back online. the whole city just uh, reopened. and also in Beijing another uh, super metropolis uh, has been controlling the pandemic pretty well. So it does not spread up uh, like it happened in Shanghai before. So it shows the people the confidence that uh, the people in Beijing, people in Shanghai, if in such a big city can control the pandemic well, and I think in other cities, I think the damage can be controlled. Mm. Uh, So... The factories just went uh, reopened with the control of the environment. So I think the confidence is the most important reason.
1: So, Aina, some economists expect Shanghai's economy to bounce back in the second half of this year after the pressure in the second quarter. What's your take?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I personally believe that it's going to be a V-shaped recovery, not a W, not a K, where you have you know a part of the economy going up, part going down, and not an L, where... You know whatever was depressed just kind of stays uh at that level Uh, and the reason i say that is there's so much pent-up demand uh over the short term i mean uh, china's the number one uh, producer of intermediary goods these intermediary goods are in you know critical uh to every product that's being out there so despite the economic malaise that's going on in the rest of the world there are vital things that are needed You, you still need shoes you still need clothes you still need appliances you need to fix your cars and a lot of these products are coming from China. So it's going to be a very healthy thing. And one of the things I, I noticed most is the right now because of inflation in Europe, there has been a dramatic shift in how people's buying habits. They're now shifting away from European higher price and American higher price products to less expensive products. And that means products with a much higher content of Chinese uh, uh, components and pieces. So this is going to, it's going to be a very, very tough couple of years at least. Um, but China is well positioned because you're not going to be going out and making new factories when demand is, is going down. And, uh, you know, you, you're basically going to have to rely on the existing capacity and that capacity in China.
1: Mm. So, Dr. Chu, on the financial markets, the Asia market have bounced back in the past few weeks. So what kind of message do we get from it?
2: Well, it shows uh, Asia, especially Eastern Asian and ASEAN countries. Uh, Those whole region are showing great potential. Uh, recently, people are watching that there are turbulence in uh, American market and also in the European market. I think people still have uh, some hesitation or some uh, worrying about uh, the chaotics uh, happening in the uh, pricing mar- uh, in the pricing region. Um, I think recently the inflation can be delusional. Uh, It will uh, mess up people's judgment for the future and also people don't know what's going to happen next. And also, I think the Federal Reserve is kind of caught up in the middle. So Mm -hmm. they've been hesitating whether they should put forward more of the uh, determined uh, policies to control the uh, inflation or they should uh, just uh, uh, go, going on with the e policies, um, so their economy, uh, the recovery can be stable. Mm. So I think uh, this kind of uh, this kind of uh, undetermined effects can actually uh, interfere people's, especially the investors' confidence. But on reversely, if you look at China and the whole Asian regions, they have a huge population, they have productivities. And uh, they have uh, the uh, great market itself. And also, more importantly, this is the faraway place away from the troubles uh, happening in Europe right now. So I think uh, the investors will make their own uh, rational uh, decision. Mm
1: -hmm. Here in China, Dr. Chu, we've seen the China State Council unveiling a detailed version of its uh, 33 measures to support the economy. And they cover so many areas, the fiscal and monetary policies, the stabilizing the investment, promoting consumption, etc., etc. So what do you think are the priorities in terms of this very extensive set of supporting measures?
2: Well, I think uh, most important, uh, Priority for a government right now have to do is just to restore the uh, people's confidence. Uh, For example, I always say uh, the government could spare some cash uh, just to directly deliver to um, people in most of the needed. Uh, For example, there are some small restaurant, uh, small companies. uh, They've been probably been suspending their businesses for the past one month or even more in Shanghai or in Beijing or in some other cities facing COVID situation. So I think they are the root and uh, they are the most important uh, unit of our economy. So when they are out of the business, one supply of the product and services just to go away with them. And they will not come back because probably they've been done putting uh, all of their uh, in ownings, uh, their assets in one of the street van. I think most importantly for the government to help them. Then uh, they have the basic services. With them, the people will enjoy the city life uh, better than before. So uh, cash and the relief, I think, is more importantly to help them. And after that, we can consider to give them tax cut, a low interest rate loan, and etc.
1: And Ina, so let's talk about the small and medium-sized enterprises with the SMEs. So what's your take on the magnitude of support for the SMEs in China? And what do you expect for the economic activity in June and July?
0: Well, the desire is certainly there. You saw the 50-point plan that Shanghai put out. You have the 33-point plan that the uh, national government has put out. They're prioritizing. And I agree with Professor Chu on this. This this is uh, a situation where you have to do extraordinary things to keep people afloat so they don't disappear. Um, the job situation depends. Ninety percent of new jobs are small, medium sized enterprises. So if you're going to get employment up and you're going to start increasing uh, disposal income so that people can spend, you need to figure out a way. And I, I do agree that this, this is the kind of extraordinary times when putting cash out there and making sure that these uh, small, medium sized enterprises don't disappear is critical.
1: Well, we're speaking with Aina Tangan, senior fellow at the Taihe Institute, and also Xu Qiang, assistant director of the International Monetary Institute at Renmin University. And after a short break, we'll take a look at global inflation issue, where the rate will go. Stay with us.
2: Hello, this is Michael Zhang. Greetings from Los Angeles of the Golden State of California. Thank you today for making me part of your team. I truly enjoy the debates we had and look forward to many more in the years to come.
1: You're listening to Biz Today. I'm Zhao Yang in Beijing. Inflation of U.S. consumer prices slowed slightly in April but remains a huge concern. President Joe Biden has met with Federal Reserve Chairman Jeremy Powell talking about inflation fighting. And meanwhile, the eurozone has also witnessed high inflation in history. The eurozone inflation jumped to 8.1% in May. So, know the U.S. and many European countries are facing the worst inflation spike in decades. What are the root causes for the inflation this time?
0: Well, I mean, a lot of it is to do with uh, Ukraine. And also, uh, there's a part on in terms of logistics, bottlenecks. But these, these are, in essence, uh, self-inflicted goals. Um, and I'm, I'm, what I mean by that is the, uh, the U.S. Uh, tariffs and things like that that were started under Donald Trump uh, created bottlenecks uh, within the logistics areas, where instead of going from A to, to B, now... Uh, countries were going from A to C, uh, sometimes relabeling, and then going to to B. Um, And this uh, caused a lot of uh, change. You've seen what's happened in terms of the cost of sending containers overseas. Uh, It's just, you know, it's become very competitive. And the Ukraine, the Ukraine situation was being pushed by the U.S. and NATO. They knew that if they went into that area, there would be trouble. And uh, despite that, it went forward. So now you have a large chunk Of uh, food production, which is no longer available. Mm. And it's not something you can replace. And therefore, people are going to bid up the prices. And you see that happening. The the places that are going to suffer most, unfortunately, are innocent bystanders. Uh, Countries in the Middle East, uh, poorer countries in Africa who have to import food. And this is going to be a real problem.
1: Mm. And Dr. Chu, so inflation has been running for hot for months now, particularly in the U.S. So does the surge in consumer goods prices suggest persistent inflation?
2: Well, yes. Uh, Inflation wouldn't go away with itself. Uh, That's the lesson we have been uh, over and over again learned in history. And uh, inflation is just a... I know just provided us a very good reason for the inflation. I think everybody understands the supply chain, the geopolitical conflicts, and everything. And also uh, the COVID is still hanging over, uh, hovering with us uh, for still some time from now. And uh, I think the most important thing is that uh, when we have a basic 101 in the economy – in economics, that is, when you issued the money, when you issued the bank note, it doesn't go away with itself. And hence, the inflation wouldn't go away with itself unless there's some breakthrough in the technology or some uh, uh, outburst of the production capabilities in certain countries or uh, there are great, another new great market has been explored by us. So uh, without this condition, I think the inflation will still come with us. Uh, staying here and uh, hurting the whole economy. So we need to attain the uh, inflation Mm. immediately.
1: So, Aina, do you think this round of inflation is persistent?
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's going to continue. I mean, uh, they're thinking that they've hit the peak in the U.S. because you had a drop of 0.2% in the inflation factors. But um, it's not just food. It's everything that goes into food. Remember, fertilizer. Uh, Right now, they're expecting a... Between six and eight percent decrease in productivity in Europe because they cannot get the fertilizers they need. Fertilizer, what is it made from? A lot of it is made from energy. It's uh, uh, it's hydrocarbons. So you know you have this kind of vicious cycle that's feeding on itself. Where you know the cost of energy is going up, the cost of fertilizer is going up, the cost of food is going up because it's driven by these other two. And then and then you you know have this uh, a shortage. Uh, sustained sort. It's not. No, I, I. can't say I'm not going to eat because then I die. And you're already starting to see in places like Sri Lanka, they are just. They have run out of food. They have run out of, of gasoline. That could lead to uh, internal strife and chaos. So we're really at a, a precipice. I understand and I agree with the Professor Chu that they have to do something about inflation. But what it requires at this juncture is a global initiative. China, U.S., Europe, uh, Russia, all of the countries have to come together and say, look, let's get down to basics, how we're going to feed ourselves. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have to put everything aside because this is about survival to be uh, seriously taken.
1: Mm. And Dr. Chu, so rising consumer prices have placed a great pressure on people's livelihood. So how badly have people's lives been affected in the countries such as U.S., Germany, and France? And what can individuals do to hedge against the negative impact of the rising prices?
2: Well, I think, uh, yes, inflation does hurt the economy very badly. Um, First of all, I think uh, rising the living cost for the groceries can be a problem. Uh, right now, my friends in America and in uh, Europe, they're paying for more than 30% or even to 50% more of the expending uh, on their daily groceries. Uh, that's huge uh, considering uh, their salaries does not go up that quickly. Uh, that's can be a problem. And also for the uh, enterprises, it's also uh, a very important factor for them uh, because I always mentioned a word called delusion. It's called the monetary delusion created by the inflation. Because you're thinking, okay, I'm making more money as an enterprise. For example, I I sell the meat at uh, one pound. and Now the meat can be sold at 1.5 pound. But actually, your number on the accounting book has been increased. But uh, Normally, you have to pay your employee more of the money, and your cost on the gas and the power also increased. But uh, that is going to lag behind because the price has some stickiness. And based on this delusional income, you will probably try to expand your business, add up into more investment, or employ more people, and etc. And later on, it will become a negative asset, So, uh, and probably will endanger your whole business. And when the whole society fall into this fall into this delusion and the whole economic system based on the price uh, signals is going to be messed up. So uh, I think this is going to be a problem. And for normal people, if you really want to hedge against the whole problem, you probably should consider, well, have some uh, uh, some assets. Uh, For example, uh, I know there are some friends in America purchasing gold and also they're purchasing uh, the house or some other equities. Uh, to hedge against it and for normal people uh, for the blue color probably would need to cut their uh, uh, cut their spendings daily
1: So, Aina, so a recent poll found that 77% of Americans are pessimistic about the cost of goods and services, and 68% said they were pessimistic about the national economy. So how do you read these poll numbers, and what effect does the fall in consumer and business confidence have on inflation and the uh, economy in the United States?
0: Well, I mean, in, in, it doesn't have any direct uh, inflation really goes to the factors that uh, Professor Chu was talking about in shortages, uh, supply and demand. If you have in it, in it plastic, uh, uh demand and the supply contracts, you're going to see price rise. Uh, rise. Uh, but there are, um, you know, economic effects when I don't have confidence, I'm not going to invest. That That has long term consequences for a society like the u s the u s is trying to uh, once again reshore uh, its uh, manufacturing well i'm not going to start uh, building a manufacturing plant if i don't know what's going to happen so that uncertainty becomes a huge issue, especially as prices begin to soar on the other side there's a political cost um, you know it, during times like this, it is very rare that a uh you know, incumbent government is able to stay. And that means in these upcoming elections, uh, Biden is looking at a drubbing uh, in terms of the Democrats versus Republicans. And he could be facing a a majority-controlled Congress, um, not only in the House, but also the Senate. And if that happens, his ability to get anything done will decrease even more. That increases uncertainty because nothing's being done about the critical issues. And this is a kind of a downward spiral.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems that experts have different opinions on how serious is the problem. For example, the economist Joseph Stiglitz said the magnitude of the increase in global prices exceeds that of the uh, 1970s. However, the former uh, Federal Reserve Chairman Ben Bernanke said the price spike is not anywhere near what Americans experienced in the 1970s so how do you view the gravity of the current inflationary shock aina
0: well no I, I think it's uh, it's it's more of the former than the latter. I think Ben is uh, living in a you know, make-believe world if he believes that we're not on the cusp of something very, very difficult. Um, the U.S., especially, given, you know, the flight from the U.S. dollars, I mean, even even the Israelis are selling, 10, you know, treasuries. I mean, that tells you something. They get, you know, 4 or $5 billion a year from the U.S., and they're now rebalancing uh, their overseas holdings to include more euros and, and yuan uh, and less dollars. So, I mean, you, you couple that with the uncertainty, uh, with the inflation, uh, and you are going to see a dramatic difference after we emerge from this crisis in, in two to three years. Uh, the, right now, there's very little doubt that we're heading into stagflation. That's when the inflation is rising and productivity is very low. So growth goes down, prices go up, people are trapped, they don't have enough money to pay their bills, uh, that leads to a crisis in debt as people aren't able to pay uh, the banks, uh, that leads to a crisis in, in the financial world. There's less money available. The government is already saddled with massive amounts of debt from COVID and these wars. They're going to be really constrained in what they are be able to do. Uh, so it's, it's really not a, a good situation. So anybody who says, oh, it's okay, it's not as bad as you think, I, I think they're deluding
1: themselves. Mm. And so, Dr. Chu, the inflation wave that started in the U.S. and Eurozone has spread into the emerging market and developing economies. So how concerned are you that it could evolve into a global stagflation?
2: Well, we do see this kind of a potential to see the whole situation been evolving into a global incident. Uh, Yes, it does have the possibility and uh, i think for china for the ASEAN countries for all the eastern asian countries they really need to you know buckle up and uh, try to embrace the impact uh, but i think more importantly the situation still happening uh, with uh, the uh, ukraine crisis because uh, with the ukraine crisis it driven up uh it's been driving up uh, the oil prices guys gas prices and also the food prices i think this are Uh, most uh, important uh, contributors to the high rising price and i think uh, the logistic issues uh, the supply chain issues right now has been uh, mildly eased uh, because uh, with the stopping of the COVID situation in most part of the world i think the transportation shipment everything is on the way of coming back to normal so that's a good uh, news for us for Asian countries, uh, well, the one good news is that Asian countries does have its own market, does have its own uh, raw materials, and also Asian peoples are hardworking, intelligent, so uh, uh, they can they, they have great uh, productivities or capacities uh, themselves. So on one hand, they can make sure the value added. The value added does not increase that much. For example, uh, if you rise like 2% or 10% of the oil prices, but when it's been pumped into or been added to the real product, the uh, rail product probably is going to be 40% price up or even 50% price up. But Asian countries, with their uh, smartness, with their hardworking, sometimes they can control the rise of the price of the salt. So when it comes to you, you can see. Uh, the rising of the uh, real product is not uh, that high as you expected. So I think that that's uh, the uh, advantage of Asian countries. But uh, after all, we, we're we going to all be uh, impacted by the inflation wave. Mm.
1: And Aina, so how do you think does the inflation affect developing countries differently from developed countries?
0: Well, inflation is going to be uh, devastating. Uh, if you're developed countries, you have money you're going to emerge from this poorer than you were before uh, it started. But for developing countries, they don't have any money. I mean, you look at Sri Lanka, um, they can either pay their debts or they can buy power or they can have food. And that's where I'm saying this is not like uh, what happened with the global financial meltdown where people lost their homes and they lost their savings. This is about, you know, the basics, if I don't eat, I don't live. If I don't have power, my, uh, my country cannot operate as an economic unit. So, mm. I mean, if, if, given these circumstances, you're going to see a lot of debt uh, uh, defaults out there. This is going to impact banks. And once again, it's this negative downward spiral. Mm.
1: And Dr. Chu, so how can the developing countries better protect themselves from the spillover effects of inflation in advanced economies?
2: Well, normally what they should do right now is try to introduce in the emergency, uh, emergency economic uh, controlling system or try to regulate everything uh, with uh, a whole holistic view. Well, what we have been seeing as just Anna, Anna had just mentioned in Sri Lanka, we've been seeing uh, rich people can still pay for the prices, can still pay for the gases and the groceries. But the poor people doesn't have the privilege to do so. So the social riot, uh, the uneasing situation has been witnessed. Uh, that's going to cause even bigger problems than the economy itself. So I think right now, if you cannot uh, negotiate with the world economy, uh, more importantly, it's just to make sure the whole nation inside of your home, the whole nation can be in a more equal, uh, can be more equal, and also people and most of the need can get whatever they can tough it through the situation to make sure the whole situation can be stable. And then when economy turns up, and uh, you will have another chance to diversify uh, your economic structure and to make more improvement for the future.
1: Mm. And Aina, so many central banks have raised or are expected to raise interest rates to try to bring down the inflation. So to what degree do you anticipate the different central banks will increase their interest rates and how effective will this be?
0: Well, I'll start with the last question first. It will not be effective Uh raising interest rates is not going to produce one more bushel of wheat nor is it going to produce uh, uh, make available one uh, barrel of oil so uh, it doesn't really matter what they do they think that they're taming inflation using the old tools but it's that that's not the situation that we have there i mean the, uh, everything that they're doing is great when you're talking about tertiary economy, about investing, about you know soaking up excess liquidity. But this nothing to do with eating and uh, putting petrol in your car. So uh, at, at this juncture, it's not going to uh, be useful. You can expect uh, uh, the Fed is talking about uh, half percent. The reason they're going forward with this kind of lunacy is that they're afraid that they won't have any ammunition to re-stimulate the economy. So they're trying to just say we're going to take a short, sharp shock over this next year, build up enough so that we have something so that we can lower rates in the future and try to reinflate the economy. Mm. Uh, it's it's not going to work.
1: And besides monetary policy, what other tools can the policymakers use to cope with this uh, inflation, Aina?
0: Well, I mean, the, the, there's the helicopter money idea. But that has to be used very wisely. I mean, it was not done very well during the during the pandemic, especially in the U.S. EU had a much better um, system. What they did is they gave it to the employers to keep people on the employment roles, and that way it was much much better regulated, uh, and it kept people uh, intact. Uh, now what you're seeing in the U.S. is you know or organized bedlam uh, in terms of the uh, employment market. People can't find employees that they need yet. Uh, people are not making enough to uh, make ends meet.
1: Well, we're speaking with Aina Tiangan, senior fellow at the Taihe Institute, and also Dr. Qü Qiang, assistant director of the International Monetary Institute at Renmin University. And that's all the time we have for this edition of Biz Today. I'm Zhao Yang in Beijing. Thank you so much for listening.